You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. In the fast-paced world of attacking, speed is everything. And that's where the Furon 7 Plus shines. Engineered for accuracy and precision at a rapid pace, it's your secret weapon on the pitch. Experience overall comfort and precise striking, even in the game's fastest moments. The nylon outsole, with its V-shaped stud configuration, is designed for firm ground, giving you the grip you need to outmaneuver your opponents. Step up your attacking game and learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. Welcome back. Continuing our Champions League conversation, here's a look at the fixtures for Group C and D. Union Berlin will face Braga. Napoli take on Real Madrid. In Group D, SC Salzburg will face Real Sociedad. And Inter Milan will host Benfica. Again, all these matches on Paramount+. Plus. All right, let's chat about Braga, Union Berlin. Braga, the 2-1 loss to Napoli. Union Berlin, 1-0 loss to Real Madrid in the dying moments, mm. dying moments of that match. Uh, Charlie, when you look at this matchup, who would you say has the edge here? Um, well, I, I just want to say Union Berlin, yes, it was a dying seconds, but they were completely outclassed and outplayed. They just defended like hell. Mm-hmm. And it was, I mean, 32 shots to four, zero on target for Union Berlin. And Union Berlin comes in, five straight losses in all competitions. They don't look anywhere like they did last season in terms of being complete, being dangerous at times. Urs Fischer, usually we watch them play. They would get in uh, to the attack. They were very direct, but they they don't have any goal scorers right now. Geraldo Becker was the one who was creating all the opportunities last year. This Mm. year, it just, it's just not looking good. I'd say Braga, for me, they have the advantage going into this one. And um, Horta is one of those players who, who, in the attacking third, everything goes through him and with Braga. Yep. And I think he's their guy. Right now, Braga are going into this expecting to get three points in this match. Um, Berens has kind of been that figure for Union mm-hmm. Berlin Just when he's come up. But not he's convincing not, at all. I mean, is he more convincing than Jordan Pifok? Like, that's who that was their trade-off. I know. I guess a little bit. He started out scoring at the beginning of the season. He scored a hat-trick in one of the games. Yeah, but he's not. He, for me, he's not convincing. And, which is crazy also. Brendan Aronson can't buy a start what at this moment ha- what for, do you think has for happened Union there? Berlin. Listen, when he got the red card, it's just bad timing. I mean, you can speak more to this, but when a team finds its personnel, finds its 11, and you got a red card suspended and they slotted a person in here there, and it's worked... Good luck finding a way back into the 11 because they've got their, their wingers in, in, in Trimel and, and, and Gossens. And Brendan Aronson is not going to play as one of the wingers in a three-man back system. He's going to play in the middle, and the middle's been consistent. So I don't expect him to start today either. 
I agree. I, I just I think that they're heavily relying on their defense, as they should. You have Bonucci back there, and he locks it down. But that's going to be your game. You're going to be playing a heavily defensive game, whereby you're going to be playing. You think he locks it down? Uh huh. I do. <laughs> that's that Juve talking. Uh, <laughs> he, he, I'll tell you right now. This this is a side that is just lost. And and for Brent Aronson, you asked the question, what's happening with Brent Aronson? It's simple. He hasn't taken his opportunity. Mm. Yeah. He, he's played. It's not that he hasn't played. And when he's played, it hasn't been enough to say you're going to be uh, central to, to uh, us, our success. And even when he comes in as a substitute, yeah, he's, he's frantic and we know what Brent Aronson brings. He runs all over the place and he's constant motion. He causes chaos. But you also have to bring quality to the side. You have to be good on the ball. You have to be decisive, make good decisions. And I think right now it's, it's just not clear from Brian Aronson when he's on the pitch. You, you, you see like he's, he's caught in too many thoughts. I mean, they've scored one goal in their last five matches. So obviously like that Becker Barron's top two is not really yeah. doing much of anything. Um, by the way, this place, similarly to Lons, actually not even similarly, in a whole different way, this place is going to be pumping. Yeah. Because this mm -hmm. place has never seen Champions League football before. The, on the Alten Försterei, mm -hmm. the stadium that the Union Berlin fans built with their own hands to help the club in its most dire moments when it didn't have enough money to, to remodel their stadium. And this is a fans club. It's very cool. And in one of their chants, when they went to Real Madrid, in one of their chances, we are great like Real Madrid. That was one of their historic chants. And the fact that, fast forward, you're playing Real Madrid in the Santiago Bernabeu, that is, that is freaking epic, man. Mm -hmm. To be a Union Berlin fan, and to get a Champions League night tonight, one of the early kickoffs, so we'll be able to pay a little bit more attention to, to that one. It should be, the reception should be awesome, and that's Can't why we love this that. competition. It's a great note, Nico. Thanks for sharing that with us. All right, let's transition to Group D. Here's a look at the standings. Uh, Salzburg on top, followed by Inter Milan, Real Sociedad, and Benfica. Let's chat. Uh, Inter Milan taking on Benfica. Inter Milan. Um, are coming off a, a huge weekend that saw Lotaro Martinez score four goals, Christine. Four goals off after the his, bench. Yeah, off the bench, second half. Insane. Lotaro is known for Ooh. his guaranteed goals. He just knows how to perform. But, I mean, this is even a first for a Serie A player to score that many goals coming on field at a half. I mean, Inter right now are in first place, Serie A. They've been performing wonderfully. They've won six of their seven matches. It's it's looking like all things are sunny for Inter. It's, it's interesting, too, because you see the production from a guy like Martinez, but then on the defensive side... On the toro. <laughs> El toro. I need my little red cape here. <laughs> on the defensive side, they just don't give up many goals. Mm -hmm. No. Either. So no. It, it feels like it's just it's a, it's a team that is, is very complete. Um, you can't find... Charlie, if you had to pick a, a weakness on Inter Milan, well, where would you say that exists? There isn't a glaring weakness yeah. right now. Uh, if, if, you had, if, you, if you had to pick, I'd say maybe goalie. <laughs> Keeper mm -hmm. is yeah. probably the only spot because right now DeMarco is playing incredible as a at left wing back. Uh, and you look at the back, Bastoni, I think he's, he's come into his own as a world-class world -class defender. And... 
I think Italy was looking to see who was going to take those reins of, of be, having the world-class defender. Boni, you had Bonucci for a long time, and now with the Italian national team, I think Bastoni is now going to be that guy. Darmian has been solid. Mm. Uh, Darmian also, was not the player that he is present day prior to his Conte experience. No. It's wild. Wild. I'm like, Conte, do that to me in my life, though, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at the midfield, we saw last season in, in Champions League. It's as, as solid as, as you get. Mm-hmm. Um, both sides of the ball, transition, defense, and, and the attack. Barella, I think, is, is one player that really stands out to me. Is He's probably going to be sold after this season if he has another strong year. Um, watch out with Benfica. I'm going to give a... I'll put my chips a little bit okay. Benfica's way because uh, they lost. Exactly, they've done well. They, but they, they, they lost to Salzburg. Game one. Um, they, they lost to Salzburg in the first game, but that's because they went down a man. It just everything trended in the right in the wrong direction very quickly for them, and they couldn't right the ship. It was a uh, it was a tough first game, and they're coming off of a big derby win against Porto on Friday. They beat Porto. That was very important mm-hmm. for them and their confidence. And Angel Di Maria is always the man. He is always showing up. He loves the big games. And not only that, in the back line, they have Otamendi, uh, another World Cup winner. So you got, you got, <laughs> how many you know you got, you got three but World Cup Inter, winners. Inter and Inter. Benfica have both you been got, here before in quarterfinals yeah. last season, and Inter ended up beating them 5-3 on aggregate. So um, I'm all in on Inter three, here. 3-3, three, three, yeah. crazy the, the, the thing is that they won't have Antonio Silva, who's the young striker. They, they pair... Benfica pairs Otamendi, so much experience with the young, excuse me, what did I say, striker, center back. They pay Otamendi, they pair him with Antonio Silva. Like, he's like 20, 21. He got, he's the one that got the red card, remember? Hits the crossbar, mm-hmm. hits his hand. So they'll have to figure out how they, who deputizes for him. But it should be a fun one because Benfica is a, is, is a good team. They're, they're fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I, think, I well think 3-2. Four? Give him Inter. Inter. For Inter? At home. Three, two. They're at home. Concede two goals? Yeah. Okay. You, they, they I score. don't think they have not. Two, one. Three, one, maybe. Three, one. I, you, I, three, one. You're confident that Benfica will find the back of the net? Yeah. At some I point. think they score. Okay. One, one. No. No. Two, one. No way. Two, two one, one, Inter. Two, one, Inter. Marcus Turam scores. Well, Marcus Rom was completely unselfish in giving Lautaro that one last goal. Figured, hey, let's complete the hat trick. And then okay. Lautaro said, you know what? I'll just get one extra. Ooh. Does he score in this, Christine? Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Okay. All right. We'll find out. 3 p.m. Eastern today on Paramount Plus. Inter Milan taking on Benfica. We are going to take a break. When we come back, we are checking in on some Americans abroad. Stick around. We'll be right back. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's a good header, opening goal. Mere official on target for Chelsea. That's more like it.
feeling fired up after watching that. I know. What is the name of that song? They always play it on the 4th of July. Uh, anyway, on that note, we're checking in on some Americans abroad. Here's a look at some of the notable performances over the weekend. A goal and an assist for Falaren Balligan. Mia Fischel lets go in her debut for Chelsea, gets the goal in a win against Tottenham. We talked in depth about that goal from Christian Pulisic and their 2-0 win against Lazio. But the story, Charlie, you mentioned him yesterday, Malik Tillman, a mm -hmm. goal and an assist in a 3-1 win versus FC Volendam. What did you see in this performance? What did you like about it? How important can he be on that PSV team? Well, he, he can be very important in that PSV team. Another creative player who... I think grew a lot last season with Rangers in his uh, development in terms of being physical, being tough, being able to ride challenges, um, you know, and, and also being relied on as a top guy for a, a competitive side chasing Celtic. And this season, it's another step in the right direction with PSV. He's got to be playing Champions League football. He's going to be play, competing for league titles. And with his development it's now the finished product creating goals scoring goals assisting this is a big step in the right direction of proving himself within the team because he needs playing time that's how he's going to develop getting the opportunity and we talked about brandon aronson you get opportunities you got to show this is volendam it's not ix it's not Feyenoord, but it's an opportunity to showcase what you can do and with a, with a performance like this, this is how you get more playing time mm -hmm. and get opportunities to play. So I think for the U.S. Women's National Team, you look at Malcolm and you figure out where, where is he on the pitch? Is he a winger? No, he's number 10. Now with Gio Reyna as the guy seeing a Nations League, he has to stay healthy. If he's not healthy... That's where Malik Tillman can, can really excel. Next man up. Well, it comes at a, a convenient time, too, because they are going to announce the rosters for the next camp uh, on Thursday, Thursday, I believe. So is this, I mean, how, how well does that bode for, for a guy like Malik Tillman to get the call up? Yeah. I mean, for me, we've seen his talent, and I don't think we've seen it enough at the U.S. Men's National Team level. Right. We've seen... We've seen Little, little glimmers of hope of what he can be. And I think that's enough, especially when you're playing now and you're, getting, you're doing the job on the pitch to be brought in. So for me, that's a guy I want to see more of. But at the end of the day, he has to continue to play and, and show what he can do every time he steps on the pitch in order to get those opportunities to get called in. We Matt Collum also would see him playing against Germany where he was born, oh, which I think nice is nugget. like a really neat little yeah. storyline that we in have. Connecticut. In, in Connecticut. Right, yes. Around the corner. Down the road. Road trip. Are we going? I'll be there. Are you, are you gonna, <laughs> I'll pick you up so you can serve mamate and have great company as you make I serve mamate. That makes me so nervous. Yeah. <laughs> I, I the anxiety that just pulsed mate. through my body. It's <laughs> easy. Very easy. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is that we expect Gio Reyna to get called up to the national team. Yes. The thing is that he hasn't played he hasn't a single minute. So right? he's, but he's, he's on the bench. He's on the bench. He's, so he's, he's healthy. healthy but he's training. I, okay. So he, okay. This is where I'm going towards. Right. Yeah. He has been available okay. for, yeah, for Dortmund. The fact that you don't have 40 minutes under your belt yet as Gio Reyna. Don't and, go there. Oh. What? Were you going to say he shouldn't be called in? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. I'm saying that I don't expect him to play full 90 in, in both games. Probably going to ease him into it, right? Because this is going to be his first, first real game under his belt this season. So, talk about Malik Tillman. What can he offer? Like you were saying to the setup, like, hey, can this guy really be Gio Reyna's number two? And can we not 
take a step down if Gio Reyna can't play or if he needs to come off as a sub. Because Malik Tillman, man, he can play he can play so many things because at Rangers, he was scoring header goals. They were crossing the ball and he was getting into the box. He's this midfielder that can float in the middle. He can he can be inside of the box. He can play a lot of things. But so uh, it'll be interesting to see how they manage the both Gio Reyna and, and Malik Tillman. As you as you just saw, let's roll that tape on that that pass. <laughs> that <we> just, <laughs> just, just a, I can't believe you directed Charles to roll the roll tape. Back that. So this, this right here is where Gio Reyna excels, mm. okay? It's the delivery, the service, and the timing of that delivery. So think about this. Gio Reyna, if you just put Gio Reyna in this clip, there, there would be no difference. That, that looked exactly how Gio Reyna moves. He's silky smooth. I think what you're going to see from Tillman, where, where we start to see the, develop, the, the partnerships and the, the, the chemistry yeah. is with Balogun. Mm -hmm. Tillman, Balogun, Christian Pulisic, Tim Weah. It looked great in terms of an understanding of where to be, when to be, how to move within the pockets. I think that's where Tillman's going to have to de develop is receiving the balls from Eunice Musa, receiving the balls from Weston McKinney, knowing the spacing, getting the spacing right. But I'm super excited about his ability because he can make that final pass, but he's also good at the finishing product, which is you need to be dynamic in that 10 roll. It can't be just spraying the ball, but also if, if it's there, take it. Take the space and finish. So that's why I'm hyped on Tillman. I know we're all raw, raw U.S. men, but I am not letting this segment go without giving the official her flowers because Do it. she is Get the it. only foreign golden boot winner at a Liga MX. Her transfer to Chelsea, seeing her first goal and her first U.S. women's national team cap recently. Mm -hmm. She is on an upward trajectory. I have been watching her, and I do not get deep into she was at Tig the Tigres? college ball. Tigres, yeah. feminine. Um, but I was watching her back going pinging on UCLA Bruins fields because she's that good. Mm -hmm. So if you want wow. a U.S. largely foreign territory playing player to keep an eye on, it's Big Fish. And an interesting interesting career trajectory for her. Absolutely. Absolutely. Under well, yeah. everybody's it, radar. Exactly. Every, but for no reason, right? So I think that she was largely underrated because she was playing over in Liga MX and she should have been called up way sooner huh. for that U.S. Women's National Team Jenny Hermoso was playing there as well, mm -hmm. so it should not be looked looked down upon. It Love was that. a good eye from, from, from Chelsea to Chelsea go to scouting. and Beautiful. see mm -hmm. an American striker and be like, hey, Come on over. I think you'd fit in perfect. Love it. Great shout, Christine. Well done. Um, all right, guys. I feel good now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We are going to take a break. Um, when we return fresh off of clinching the Supporters' Shield, goalkeeper for FC Cincinnati, Roman Salentano, joins Morning Footy. We're going to find out about those celebrations that we saw. It looked like they were having some fun. Stick with us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. Crazy scenes in okay. Cincinnati. <laughs> Your 2023 Supporters Shield winners, FC Cincinnati. They clinch it over the weekend after a win over Toronto FC. And this is what they came home to. 
Supporters going absolutely nuts. It's the club's first trophy in only five years in Major League Soccer. Um, and this is a team that spent a significant time at the bottom of the barrel, and here they are at the top. And right now, we are absolutely delighted to bring in the goalkeeper for FC Cincinnati, Roman Celentano. Roman, first of all, congratulations. I want you to take us inside that locker room because I know it was so cool to see the FC Cincinnati supporters waiting for you guys when you arrived back home. Um, the party looked pretty epic. Tell us about it. Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me on and thanks for the congratulations. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what a historic moment for the club. And uh, after a rough start to MLS for the club, it's, it's, it's really rewarding for the fans to see us, you know, go out there and get the Supporters Shield in Toronto. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was maybe not the, the way we would have wanted to win it. I mean, we wanted to win it in Toronto, but like the game maybe could have been a little bit easier. But the boys found a way, Brandon and Aaron found a way to get goals for us and then after the final whistle blew, I mean, you know, a celebration just started from there on the field. And then we, we quickly took it to the locker room where, uh, you know, they had uh, the walls taped off. So, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of champagne could fly around with, with the goggles <laughs> that we had. Bit, so, uh, so. A little bit of champagne. Yeah. <laughs> Robin, tell me, tell me you got some dance moves like Gerson Mosqueda. It had to be a Colombian that was, he was bringing he was, that he type was of ducky whining, I think. Yeah, he said like slow one, fast one. I know you got something like that in your locker. I don't, I don't know if I do. Yeah, he's, he's a character. I mean, he dances every day around the locker room, so that's just nothing new for him. He's just uh, such a happy guy, and, you know, I'm happy that we won it because we got to see, you know, the real Yerson come out. If you win MLS Cup, I, I need to see some, Absolutely. Some, some dancing like that from you with the goggles <laughs> right, on. Yeah. All right, want, deal. Man, yeah. <laughs> deal. <laughs> so, so, Roman, can you talk about the growth from last season to this season with the squad and just the differences that you've seen uh, from even Pat Noonan, how the way he's operated and rotated the squad. And, and I mean, Lucho Costa for me is the clear MVP. What, what has he meant to, to this side? Yeah, obviously I think Lucho is the MVP in my opinion as well. He's been unbelievable for us this year, not only just creating chances and scoring goals, but just leading on and off the pitch and, and training and, and the match days on the weekends, you know, he's, he's been a great player for us, but you know, it all starts with, you know, Chris and Pat taking over last year. Obviously, they came in and, and changed some things around, but they've made some big signings throughout the, throughout the past two years, like bringing guys like Matt Miazga, Obi in, getting Santiago Arias for the right side. There's been a bunch of acquisitions that they've got for this team that have just, you know, made a difference in our squad. And, and we have a lot of, a lot of good players around the, around the pitch. And it's not just the 11 that are on the field. We have a lot of depth on the bench as well that, that we have players that come on and, and make differences for us. So, I mean... I feel like we have a really strong squad and, you know, I feel like throughout this season we've grown in different ways and we've been locked down defensively throughout most of the year and we've just added goals into the attack. So I feel like, you know, I feel like the squad's in a good place and we're looking to win some more games. Well, Roman, you were drafted by the club in, in 2022. And so you, you weren't there during, I guess, what, what will we call it? Like the, the, dark, the dark period when <laughs> FC Cincinnati were at the, the wooden spoon the, era. The wooden spoon era, which I'm, I'm sure that you've probably heard about. But from your perspective, kind of coming in at, at this time when the club were on this upwards trajectory, 
What have you heard from maybe some of the guys that were in and around the club in those early days and to where you are now? How significant of a change of not only the, the play on the field, but just the culture in general at FC Cincinnati? What has that been like to, to witness firsthand? Yeah, like you said, I wasn't really there for the for the first three years when they when things weren't going that well. So I've kind of only known the upswing. Of You're spoiled, Roman. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I do feel a bit, you know, you know, a bit spoiled. But I mean, it's just talking with guys like Nick Hagland, who's from Cincinnati, to be here with the team when things weren't going well, to have all the success going on right now, and and winning the supporter shield is just such a big moment for the club. Just from where it's come from, the quick turnaround. It's just really a credit to the the staff, the management, and the players. You know going out there and, and getting results and also the fans backing the team and, and showing out every week at our stadium. It's been, you know, a, you know, a joy to play on this team this year and hopefully we can win some more things. Roman, the hell is real derby is, <laughs> it, it seems like this is legit. But now it seems like the Columbus crew are coming on. How, how much of a rivalry is this between you guys in the locker room? Like, do you despise them? Is this like, do you, do you carry this home with you? Is this like a real rivalry? Like, I remember when I was playing the Red Bulls like, and Columbus Crew, we, we despised them. There, there, was, there was no handshakes, really. You know, like, mm. it was fired up. Yeah, I, I would say the hell is real derby. There's a, there's a bit more that you'll leave on the field. Uh, I mean, obviously, you want to win every game, but in this game, you'll, you'll leave, you know, hopefully your mark on your opponent. And, and going into that game, it's just, you know, the, the training that week going into the game, it's a bit more intense, you know. I feel like just personally... I, I have some, like, one of my old IU teammates is on Columbus, like Aiden Moore. So, you know, I always want to go out there and, you know, respect the lab, but I also want to beat him. So it's just, <laughs> you, know, you know, I mean, obviously it's the in-state derby, so it's, it's a big one for the fans. And, you know, it's, it's always an electric game, and I always, you know, I'm happy to be out there, but I, I do feel like it's a big one for our fans, and we want to go out there and win every time. Robin, so prepping in this interview, um, we found out that you're like from the next hometown over from our very own Susanna Collins over here. So uh, we, we want to know what was your what was your soccer culture? Because I know Suze has became a Liverpool fan, but. What was it like? Remind me the name. Naperville. I, Naperville. So Naperville. I, our, uh, Roman, yeah. I grew up in Downers Grove, Illinois. Oh. Which, yeah, oh, we're basically neighbors. <laughs> So oh, what, yeah. what, was, what was the soccer culture like in Naperville and, and Downers Grove? Yeah. Well, Naperville and Downers Grove are like southwestern or western suburbs of Chicago. So you're a bit outside the city. So it's not like you're in the city and you're playing local parks. I feel like it was a bit more suburban. And yeah, growing up, I didn't, I didn't play for the Chicago Fire Academy. I played for a, another academy team called Soccers. And so it was, I never like had that MLS club growing up. So I kind of had a different way for my like so I ended up going to college this and that so I had a different path getting to this level but no it was it was I don't know I enjoyed it it was it was different than obviously now being in an MLS environment but it was it was cool playing with different guys from different backgrounds on my on my club team growing up and and yeah I mean it was it was a good place to be because there's a lot of talent in Chicago I feel like I got a good you know experience as, as a kid playing against different different kids in that area so fast forward now you're in probably one of the craziest MLS atmospheres, man. It, it, TQL is one of the. You experienced you, it. I mean, stadium, you told me about it. You, you hyped too. it, yeah. and I, and it's difficult to live up to the hype, and it surpassed the hype, and it is it is awesome. So, what has that been like? Would you ever have imagined you were going to be playing in front of sold out crowds that get loud as they do get in TQL? Honestly, no. Given just 
how I came up and, and where I was a couple of years ago. I never thought I'd be playing these type of games, but we're here now and, and every week it's been unbelievable at home. It's been sold out almost every week. It's like 26,000 people there jumping up and down the whole time. The atmosphere is just incredible. Like what a pitch, what a stadium and the fans just make it even better. Like singing the whole time, jumping up and down. It's, it's, it's honestly like, it's an honor to play out there in front of those fans. And, you know, I think obviously I'm biased, but I do think it's the best stadium and home field advantage in MLS. Roman, you had joined the U.S. men's national team camp in January. What was that experience like? And what's the general feel that you get going forward? Do you think you'll be making some appearances, perhaps mm. something to work toward? It's always been a dream of mine to get called into a U.S. camp. And I was never involved at a younger level. So I was honored when I got called into the senior national camp for the, the January camp. But uh, I mean, it was a great experience for myself. Obviously, different environment, different players playing, you know, playing alongside some guys you see on TV and some guys you play against in the league. It's, it's nice to get some, to know some of them personally and also work with different coaches. Like, you know, it, it was a great time. But uh, going forward, I'm just focused on what we're doing with Cincinnati right now. If things down the line happen, I would be honored to get called in and, and try to, you know, help the team get a result in whatever scenario. But at the moment, I'm just focused on, on winning games with Cincinnati. So, so, yeah. That's the right mentality. How did you find out? Because, you know, back in the day, it was the email and you're like, what? No, you got an email back in the day. Um, so was it an agent? Did, did you get a personal call from Greg Berhalter? Like, how, did, how did that work? Yeah, well, for myself, honestly, I had my goalkeeper coach here at, at Cincinnati, Paul Rogers, he actually phoned me like a couple days before it was like official, just let me know that I'd be getting called in. So it was a good moment for like, I think like the guy who's helped me get to this place. Paul Rogers to, uh, to give me the information. I thought it was a pretty cool moment for him to give me that. So, so yeah. That is top shelf wholesome. I love this for you. Congrats. We hope to see you appear uh, many, many more times <laughs> in camp at the very least in the future. Robin, before we let you go, who is your goalkeeping idol? Ooh, good question. Growing up, I'm a Chelsea fan. So Petr Cech growing up was, was my guy. I just thought the way he moved around the goal, commanded the box, and made saves was just unbelievable. So, check is my goat. Nice. Love okay. that. Well, Roman, continue to make the, uh, the western suburbs of Chicago very, very proud. Um, we're so, so, so thrilled for you. And, uh, hey, we'll, we'll chat after you guys win MLS Cup. Sound good? Sounds great. Thanks, <laughs> All right, continued success, Roman. We are going to take a break. We're going we're gonna to chat some, some Chelsea, Roman's, Roman's team. Okay. Because guess what? They won. Yeah. Finally. They won. <laughs> they won. They beat Fulham yesterday. We're going to dive in after a quick timeout. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Well, it's been a rough start to the season for Chelsea. Not a lot of dubs on this list, but, but yesterday they were able to secure a 2-0 win at Fulham. And so their problems are over, right, guys? Uh, Completely. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Let's uh, get into the highlights. Yeah, Mikhail <laughs> Mudrik here. I mean, what an incredible ball from Colwell there into the path. And Mudrik missed multiple chances ahead of this. He, he looked off the pace, and I was like, 
man, this the struggle is going to continue. But he's able to bang there, and, and then oh. Tim Ream with this giveaway. Yikes! Oh, oh Timmy! Oh, Timmy! Bro Bro and then he and then he goes to clear it here, and it ricochets, ricochets. off mm. Broa, and, and it's two 0 early, and and that's that was the scoreline. Yikes! Uh, well, it was a, a much 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 needed result for Chelsea. Here's a look at this match by the numbers. Um, Anything standing out to you, Charlie, when you look at these stats? Yeah, I, I mean, Chelsea got the job done. When they went up 2-0, it, it was almost, let's just keep this lead. You didn't see much of uh, them taking the game and being aggressive. Fulham just were, they, 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 they wasted some, some good chances. And mm -hmm. at this level, you against the Chelsea side who are kind of wobbly, if, you, if they scored one goal, I think it, it ultimately flips this game upside down in Chelsea. If Fulham scores one Yes, goal. if Fulham yeah. were able to score and get that one goal to get them back into to the match. But it just felt like Chelsea were, were playing safe after up 2-0. I don't know. I feel like they also looked more Poch-like than they have yet. Like, I think that's what a you, good Elaborate thing. on Poch-like. Right? So I feel like they looked a lot more organized, directed. They kept finding space in that midfield and just, like, wedging themselves in between those lines. And I feel like that's more of what Pochettino likes to see than what we've seen of Chelsea, who, I mean, obviously 11th place Chelsea. Um, have shown in the past. So I think they're good on paper, right? And that's not their problem. But they have a lot of youth and talent on that side that just hasn't really sort of fettered out into a success on field yet. Mm -hmm. But I think this was a better appearance. Important to find goal scorers for a team that literally scored a single goal in the entire month of September for Broya to score, for Mikhailo Mudric, who hasn't scored a goal in a long time, the Ukraine. I forget what the stat is, but is, what is it? His second goal at Chelsea? I don't remember, but. Isn't it his first? His first? For Premier League, yeah. So the fact that they are, they've scored two goals in this game, and when Nico Jackson is more than anything, it's an experiment because you bring in an unproven striker when you have somebody on your team that is hungry for goals and when Nico Jackson is suspended because of, because of disciplinary points, because of yellow card accumulation, you fill that void and you're scoring. It's important for Chelsea. It's important to show the manager, hey, I've been here. I can score. I can do this. Mudrik had a big opportunity before he scored the 1-0 mm -hmm. that, that he missed. Gets on the score sheet. Um, it, it, it dribbled it, out of bounds. Yeah. <laughs> like there, yeah. there were things like that, and you're like. But the fact that he scored and they won 2-0, and, and, and they, they shut up shop after 2-0, and, and they managed to grind out a win in a derby mm -hmm. away, it's important for Chelsea. And, and you, you keep on building after that. For them, it's going to be a long season because they've got only the Prem to prove themselves in. Yeah. I think the goal scorers, though, here are interesting because you have Mudrik with his first and then Breuer, who's coming back from knee injury, yeah. just finally at last and then scoring the goal. So I feel like there's a lot of urgency on that Chelsea side and they understand it. And Sterling, who's been their best player, comes yeah. off the bench. You know, they started with Sterling comes in 65th minute for, for, for Breuer. So other people responding. That's not just Sterling. It was like, who is the saving grace from this Chelsea? Everybody's saying... Sterling, 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 Sterling. There was nobody, no big takeaways. Okay, so they're coming off to, they have the, the win against Brighton mm -hmm. in Carabao Cup. Mm -hmm. They beat Fulham. If you are chatting with a, a Chelsea fan like Roman Celentano, for, <laughs> for example, Charlie, are you telling him you have reason to be hopeful? Where should, take the temperature of Chelsea fans 
right now? Should they be ha- seeing that kind of glimmer glimmer of hope that things are trending in the right direction? Have we seen enough or is this just too small of a sample size? Uh, unfortunately, I think it's too small of a sample size. And given, given that there is improvement because they, they were rock bottom yeah. for, for <laughs> the Chelsea, uh, for a club like Chelsea, it's still not good enough. This is a club that should be in Europe playing in Champions League, not being in the middle of the Right, pack. right, but then you're looking at the back row. I, I'm, I'm looking from, from, but, the, from, a, from the big perspective right, of but saying now, this is a club. No. Yeah, uh, it's a step they, in the right direction. direction towards but it's a, it's a, a little four. step. Yeah, like a, it's and, a little and, step. And like a shuffle. It's considering, I mean, given at the, the end of the day, every, all the time that, they've, that they spent on this player, the money that they've, that they've plunged into this club, uh, they should beat a Fulham, right? This is a, this uh, is a, a game yes. that you expect to win. I would argue win. yes, but they've had such a chaotic transfer window and they picked up so many players and they shipped so many out that it's going to take some time to get this to gel back together. Again, great on paper. I just don't see it right. coming but together. Considering Moving in the, right the money, considering the money. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I don't disagree with you. It's like you don't have that. Right, but here's the thing. Wiggle room that The much. human footballer aspect of it is you still need some runway to get them together, right? So yeah. the, I feel like they should be starting to come together at this point, and this is the first glimmer of hope, in my opinion, that they're moving in the right direction. Suze, all I would say is it's not so much the club mm-hmm. with hope, it's more of Mudrik. Because I think unlocking the talent and potential that he has, because he's dynamic, he gets in dangerous spots, he just... Looks sometimes careless with the ball. He dribbles out of bounds. He misses the, the 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 target. But if they can get him going, if this goal gives him all that confidence, that could be the game changer they need in the attacking third. Okay, I'm going to add to that though. And how confident are you that in Potch and his his ability to get the best out of these guys and and help a guy like Mudrik utilize that goal to sort of propel him into into some consistent form. I'm confident in Poch. I know he's a good manager. And no matter who came into this squad, it was going to be a, a process. And it's going to take him the full season to see what he can do with this club. And if, if it's a win, a, a successful season, they're in the top seven. Make Europe. Top six. I, I mean, you top think? six. I don't know, maybe that, seven. The goal is make Europe and then... The caveat to that goal is make Champions League. It's just the amount of money that I don't see spent. them making and Champions it's just, League. It's year. not reflective, I don't think, of the player they got because, again, like we spoke yesterday, mm-hmm. they bought hot, right? So they bought at the highest bidder almost all of these players. And maybe your two center midfielders shouldn't be 200 million plus, like in Moisés Caicedo and, and Enzo Fernández. And that's not like reflective. You're just taking the price. It's like, oh, because you spent over a billion dollars, this team has to be the best. They just, it was. Poor business, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and in any other moment, maybe it was better business. Their spending spree wouldn't be so high up. Um, and I just hope Mujic came off at halftime, which was strange because you would want to give him more. I imagine he was he picked up some sort of a knock. He was talking with Poch, so I hope it's not that not big of a deal. Yeah. Okay. So patience will be a virtue for Chelsea fans is 100%. what we're yeah. saying. Patience okay. and figure out how to unlock country Mudrik over club Mudrik. <laughs> yeah. Because he performs. 
And patience is a virtue, is not something that Chelsea fans no. have been used to. No, it As, is not. Even the club itself. It is not. But hey, a win's a win's, and I'm sure they will take it. We're going to take another break, but plenty more to come on Morning Footy when we return. Don't go anywhere. Two big clubs, two giants of Europe are up against each other in this group. First hurdle is tonight. The tide of the match has turned. Barney and Fine have scored twice in five minutes. And Manchester United have got one back. And that changes everything. It's finished in Munich. Bayern four, Manchester United three. Lights hot atmosphere as you might expect in Istanbul for this one. It's the second goal and Galatasaray falling for the sucker punch. Two minutes and Galatasaray have come back from the break and a stunning conclusion to this game. Welcome back. Well, in Champions League Group A action, we will see Manchester United host Galatasaray today at 3 p.m. Eastern on Paramount Plus. And right now we are absolutely delighted to bring in our good friend who is in Manchester for this one right now, Anita Jones. Anita, great to see you. How are you doing? Hey, Susanna, I'm great, thank you. Maybe I would see just behind me, of course, uh, Old Trafford, where they're going to be welcoming Champions League football once again. This place is sunny right now. Let's see if it's sunny coming. You got again. drenched <laughs> in the uh, a couple of weeks ago during Champions League, so I'm, I'm praying. <laughs> I am praying for you that the weather gods cooperate, uh, because I know that that is not fun at all to be in those conditions. No, it's not fun, but pray for the Manchester United fans as well. <laughs> that's that's more important. No, I'm, so, I'm glad you brought that up, Anita, because we, we chatted earlier on the show just about the struggles that this Manchester United team has been facing, both on and off the pitch. In the game against Crystal Palace, we heard the boos coming from the supporters at Old Trafford. When you look at this match for Manchester United, I mean, do you see this as a must-win for them? Yeah, I mean, it's the cliche we use in football a lot of the time about must-win games. Um, Eric Ten Hag spoke about the fact that it wasn't good enough at the weekend. In fact, he didn't expect that result. He said, fair do kind of to what Crystal Palace were able to achieve and you respect, you respect every opponent, but Manchester United should have won that game, especially when you see how they did midweek in the League Cup. In terms of, um, I guess, the mood and morale amongst the fan base, they do need to win it to try and turn things around. It's their worst start in a Premier League season since, what, 1989. They've only, or they've lost four out of seven, game, or seven games, and they've only scored seven goals too. So something needs to change. Maybe this is the time to do it. And it'll be interesting to see who he selects for his lineup um, because there might be some changes there. We saw the likes of Rashford come off around the 70th minute against Crystal Palace. We'll see what he goes for to try and get a point, at least a point on the board in this group A. Anita, what's up with Marcus Rashford? Because if, if you're looking at this attack, uh, Rasmus Hoyland is, is really unproven at this level. We're talking about competing for Champions League. How do they get the most out of Marcus Rashford? Because it, it always thought that if you had a top striker, that was going to unlock this Marcus Rashford, the one that they've been hoping to see. What, what do you think happens today? Well, let's go to the root of it. Marcus Rashford has proved himself time and time again. I guess a key 
absentee is, of course, Luke Shaw, because we saw the way he and Luke Shaw just really connected well when it came to overlapping and underlapping. And Rasmus Hoyland, what, his first Premier League game, he came on in, in that defeat against Arsenal at the Emirates. So it's going to take time for that front line to link up. Um, and in terms of today, um, I think for Marcus Rashford, it would be great if he could have a good game because it's only one goal to his name. But again, are we putting too much pressure just on him? I don't know. It's really going to be um, a test for this team today because... Like I said, it's the worst Premier League start. They need to get something on the board in Group A if they want to have a chance of progressing out of the group stages. Anita, just curious. Um, I know you're in Manchester now. Have you have you had an opportunity just to kind of like take the temperature of of the fans and how how they're feeling uh, ahead of this one? You know what the sort of what the vibes are like. Yeah, Susanna, they're not happy. How can they be happy with their worst Premier League start ever? And Again, they're going into this game hoping things can turn around, but the unhappiness has been there in the background for years. I've just been talking to a fan, actually. So even when he had the heydays under Sir Alex Ferguson, they still weren't happy with how the club was being run. So I guess whatever the result is, there's always going to be questions about the ownership and what the Glazer family are doing. Hey, the sun is shining on you. I know. In Manchester. I know. I know. Anita, thank you so Long much. Long it lost. We, we appreciate you taking the time to join us. Uh, have, a, have a great game and uh, no rain. We'll keep our fingers crossed for you. Thanks, God. <laughs> All right. Quick prediction. Un- Manchester United. United win. United win. Galatasaray. Mm-hmm. One, I'm one. going 1-1 one, one draw. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks so much for tuning That's in. Let's do it again one. tomorrow. We'll see you then. Have a great day, everybody.